So in my opinion, it feels like they knew, they made this, they did this. They wanted it to be something that was more to have an attack on Teresa and Jen because they knew that they would run with it. And when they didn't, it kind of backfired and that's where production got involved. Now all of a sudden we have this storyline throughout the entire season and it's not a secret. And it was the moment that Jen said, Andy, you don't like when house, certain housewives hide things, do you? That's when I went, yep, yep. Now I further believe it. Now I have something to stand behind with this. This is not just another housewife podcast. Celebrity gossip. Consuming my brain. You cannot tell me that for the last two years, all of these dates have not been blocked off with NFL stadiums. It is all happening. I'm Brett. This is the Oops I Gossiped Again podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. How are we all doing? How are we all feeling? We have officially hit the end of season 10 of Vanderpump Rules, and I feel like we can just take a collective deep breath. and just let it all out. We've been waiting for this moment. It feels like forever. However, it's really only been since March, but it's been a wild ride since March. And so much has happened in that time. We had a completely different perspective of how we watched this season. It was kind of hard to watch the entire season because once we knew what we knew, I've, I've always felt like maybe I would have different perspectives on certain people like Katie and Lala. I think I probably would have been more on their side of the way that they were treating Raquel. There are a lot of things that skewed our perception because we knew, we knew what was hiding, right? But it's done and we are going to talk about it, but there's a couple other things I want to talk about first. Number one, Real Housewives of Orange County premiered right before Vanderpump. Did anybody even watch it? <laughs> I could not bring myself to watch it last night because it was too much before the premiere. I thought it was interesting that they had Tamara and Lala on Watch What Happens Live after Vanderpump because I I just imagine that Tamara's like seething, knowing the whole thing is not about her and her big return. I'm sure that she had an absolute fit and bitched and complained about the fact that she had to come on with Lala right after that Vanderpump reunion. But as of recording this, I have not watched it yet and I'm not really that excited to watch it. I will watch it, obviously, because I don't not watch them, but I still need to get caught up on Atlanta. I still need to get caught up on Martha's Vineyard, (laughs) but I will watch OC. My problem with the OC this year is I think they're grasping at straws, really bringing Tamara back. Tamara was, towards the end, not one of my favorite people. I know it's an unpopular opinion. I really, I'm a fan of Heather Dubrow. I think it's because she's so out there and she is so unaware of the things that she does and and says and how she presents herself that she doesn't realize that she looks the way she looks, but she still tries to play that part, right? But in reality, that's who she is. And I love that. I love the delusion of it all. 
So the fact that they brought Tamara back in the last few of her seasons, I just really wasn't a fan of hers anymore. I thought it, I thought the story of her was getting old. So with bringing her back, I feel like they're really grasping at straws. They're trying to revive something that I think has been going downhill for a while. I would not be surprised if we see Heather Dubrow go to Beverly Hills at some point. You know, they just finished filming. So obviously it's not this season unless they kept a really good secret from us which I don't think, like, I'm not making that statement because we saw a bunch of pictures and things on their girl's trip to Spain and Heather was never around. So unless they really, really hid, like, the ultimate secret, I don't think it would happen now, but I do think it's going to happen. Heather and Terry recently moved to LA from the OC. That is more her element, but the only thing that could keep that is that she's not going to be a standout person. She really just fits in with the crowd more in Beverly Hills. But I think it's a better fit for her, and I would rather see her there. Tamara Judge, uh, I mean, again, I'm going to watch it, okay? There's no getting around it. I saw a couple little clips right before we watched Vanderpump where they were, like, doing yoga or something, and Shannon is just falling over all over just being ridiculous as Shannon is. Moral of the story, I'm not super excited for it. I'm not overly like, oh, my gosh, I have to watch it every Wednesday night. It's It's going to be what it is, and I don't – know if what they're trying to do with Tamara is really the best way to try to revive this. I think it's one of those, there's so many franchises I think that could go through a revamp like Roni right now, New Jersey being one of them, which we're going to talk about. But I really do think they're at this point just trying to do anything to keep people interested. And I guess we'll see how the ratings go and how many people are tuning in to see how that works out for them. Okay. So Real Housewives of New Jersey reunion part two. Andy made a comment that said, you two are like kindergartners. You do not evolve. You do not grow. I went from having a shocked face to laughing hysterically multiple times through this reunion. It is, it's giving us nothing but let's scream at each other and act like middle schoolers. It's entertaining. I'm enjoying it. I think it's giving us more than the entire season gave us. How long can you scream? And there were a lot of people, I think there was even a BuzzFeed article, or I'm sorry, page six article. Somewhere there was an article about how Andy Cohen is belittling the women and he's not treating Teresa with the respect. Listen, if I am a person sitting in the middle of these two women while they are acting the way they are and they are screaming at each other for literally nothing at this point because we've heard it all over and over again. If I am in the middle, I am going to lose my shit. I am going to be screaming right back in their faces. These two are acting like children. I have a 14-year-old daughter and I have not even seen her and her friends act this way when they were coming up in the height of middle school bullshit. It is hard to watch. It is annoying to listen to. I don't think that Andy did anything wrong here. And I'm not always the biggest fan of Andy Cohen, but I don't think he did anything wrong here. It is exhausting. I would have lost my shit or I would have gotten up and left. We started the episode with the conversation where Teresa is saying that Joe has something to do with her going to prison. I have believed this story since it was talked about years ago. And I don't, people on TikTok, when I said this, they're like, oh, so you think that, you know, just because Joe Gorga called the feds, I never even, I never said that. I never said that I thought that Joe Gorga one day decided to call up the FBI. No, 
I believe the story, and maybe this is me making assumptions that people uh, know the story of the ex-business partner really getting a lower sentence because he gave information. I believe that there was information that this ex-business partner turned over to them to lower and minimize his sentence that he could only have gotten from someone very close to Joe Judice. Now, he may have been a business partner, but I think there was some inside information that he also relayed. I don't think Joey Gorga is the one calling up the feds and being like, hey, you got to investigate Joe Judice. <laughs> Obviously, they were spending money. They were fraudulently filing bankruptcy. They were doing all these things. Obviously, there was an investigation. But to create an investigation, you need more information. And who better to give information than someone very close to the accused? Now, the reason that I think that Joe may have done it is because he wanted Joe Judice out. He was in his own brain trying to protect his family. And here's another thing that may be hard to fully understand. This is a this is a first generation Italian family. What comes first is loyalty and protection. You don't fuck with your family because that's Melissa and Joe's comment all the time. Why are you trying to break us up? Why are you trying to break up the family? Why are you trying to mess up the family? You don't go against family. And here in my, in my belief, I feel as though Joe Gorga thought that's what he was doing. He did not see Joe Judice as a person that was good and protecting his sister. He knew that he was doing some shady shit. He knew that he was going to get somehow caught up in it. So why not help the process along? If you have an opportunity to get rid of someone that you think is bad news for your sister, in my opinion, I think he did it. And I don't think that he meant to get Teresa involved. I think she was collateral damage. Maybe he knew enough that could help to put Joe Judice away, but what they didn't anticipate is that Teresa's name would also be on everything. Teresa has signed all the documents as well. He may not have known that part. And just being, you know, that person that he is, the quick, angry, I'm going to jump into something and I'm because I'm so angry and I'm so upset. This is why he could, I, I believe that there's something there that it could be true. Now, Melissa starts bringing up all these texts that Jacqueline Larita sent and like nobody's phased by it. Why? What did you think you were doing there by bringing up these texts? They were not friends. They were not friends. They were, they were absolute enemies for a very long time. And, and when these texts come out, Melissa is really trying to get in Teresa's head to discredit this idea that Jacqueline Chris Larita told her that Joe had something to do with it. It's trying to deflect from that. Reunions seasons ago, these people know, these people know that there was an informant that was giving inside information. Caroline Manso recently as of like a month ago, even got up on a stage at a panel and said, I know, I, I know who it was, but I'm never going to say. I think she wants to, but you don't go against family. And I'm not saying that Teresa is her family, but this is the, this is the Italian culture. You don't go against the quote family. You don't be the rat. Jacqueline and Chris have been saying it for years. There was a clip after the, um, that fight with Joe, the two Joes at that lodge and Joe Gorka's crying and Melissa's like, why are you so upset over this? He's not going to be around for very long. Like all of these things, there's so many little tiny nuances that can put me in the mindset that if he really wanted to get rid of Joe Judice and he had information that could support that. No, I don't think he called up the feds one day and was like, please go arrest Joe Judice. Here's all the information. I think he had a friendship with this ex-partner. 
I think he may have provided more information so that the ex-partner could use to his benefit and then Joe Gorga could keep his hands clean. I'm not saying that Teresa is right and when she said, oh, I talked to the FBI girl. The FBI is not telling you anything, honey. No, they're not telling you. They're not going to give up confidential informant information. Like that's just not, that's never going to happen. (laughs) So I'm not trying to be on Teresa's side here. I'm saying I believe that he had something to do with it. And unfortunately it went really bad for him because his sister was caught in the crosshairs. But another point of this deep rooted, you know, family and the Italian, you know, Melissa's reading these texts and Dolores's eyes are like, oh shit. Because Dolores knows, Dolores has been around all of these women for much longer than than Melissa, to be honest, like in deep with all of these people. She knows things. She knows where the skeletons are. She knows who the skeletons are. She knows what the skeletons are. And her response is, you better sleep with one eye open because you're going down, Melissa. Like you just fucked with the wrong people. The real only context that we got from this entire episode of the part two reunion is number one, Louis is a walking red flag and he is going to get Teresa right back in the same position, in my opinion, that she has been in before. He, uh, I say it all the time, I try to give him the benefit of the doubt, but nothing is lining up with this dude. Absolutely nothing. Now, did he allegedly contact Margaret's son at work. I mean, she claims she has voicemail or phone records. I guess we'll find out more of that information next week, but I'm never at liberty to really believe everything that comes out of Margaret's mouth either because I don't trust her. He is not a good dude, in my opinion. He is not a good dude and it really worries me for Teresa. It really does. I'm afraid that she's going to end up right back where she was. The only other thing that we really got out of this was the discussion of the rumor. And what we find out about this rumor, Jen had actually talked to Melissa and told her about it way back before the camera started rolling, back at around the time of Teresa's 50th birthday. So now Teresa has talked about it. Melissa and Jen have talked about it. There was no reason for this rumor to even come up. On a previous podcast episode, and I can't remember which one it is, it would obviously be on New Jersey, and I think it's in the last like two to three weeks, I shared how I felt there was a possibility that Margaret and Melissa could have concocted this rumor and put it out there themselves. The episode this week kind of solidified that for me a little bit deeper. And here's why. Jen made a comment to Andy when he is asking, you know, they're fighting again. And Jen looks over and says, oh, because you don't want housewives hiding things, right? Or you don't like when housewives hide things. And he completely ignores her. He glosses right over it. In my opinion, I think that Margaret and Melissa concocted this rumor because they knew, they knew just enough that Jen was that pissed at Margaret that she would take it and run with it. This is right as things of Bill are coming out and Jen has to get at Margaret. So they know, again, this is hypothetical, this is just my opinion. They know that if they plant something like this, Jen is going to run with it. And in turn, what that's going to happen is it's going to offer the chance for them to test Teresa and assume that she is going to run with it as she normally does. What they didn't anticipate is that both of them would handle it off camera. 
Jen did off camera to Melissa, Teresa did to Joe off camera. I don't think they anticipated that. I think that they felt that this was going to be, you know, taken out of that little arsenal and come out and be this story that's going to offer an opportunity for Margaret and Melissa to go after Teresa and Jen. But when things were played out behind the scenes, now production knows it's a thing because they had tried to actually bring it up at the reunion and it was shut down. It was almost like they didn't want it to come out at the very end because they wanted it to be a whole big thing later. So production knows that there's something. Production, I'm sure that Teresa probably straight up told them because that's the relationship that she has with production. Production, I think pushed this issue. If they hadn't, why would something that had been handled off camera, taken care of, done and over with, then be the topic in episode two and carry throughout the entire season? I feel that production knew they were hiding this story, that there was this rumor, that they've already talked about it. They didn't like that it didn't happen on camera and they pushed Teresa and Jen to start it up again. Unfortunately, in that, Danielle gets in the fray. Danielle is the collateral damage here. And you can see on her face that she, her wheels are spinning. She is shocked. When she finds out that Jen had already talked to Melissa about this, she, like, the, she was as white as a ghost. It, the blood drained from her face. She was shocked. And she was afraid to say to their faces, I think you set me up. Because she is a new girl. And though she carries herself very well, I think she's afraid. She's afraid of Jen and Teresa. Danielle gets caught up in all of this when she shouldn't have. That was not cool. They absolutely set her up, but I think it was production that pushed it. I think it was production that wanted to plant it so that it would then become another story because throughout all of this, none of it ever makes sense that no one uh, on that other side of the couch, no one being Melissa or Joe, have questioned Margaret. They haven't even been like, Oh yeah, we talked about it off camera. They have not at any point in time questioned, why wouldn't Laura say this? Why would, Margaret, did you say this? That like, that hasn't even been a discussion. So in my opinion, it feels like they knew, they made this, they did this. They wanted it to be something that was more to have an attack on Teresa and Jen because they knew that they would run with it. And when they didn't, it kind of backfired and that's where production got involved. Now all of a sudden we have this storyline throughout the entire season and it's not a secret. And it was the moment that Jen said, Andy, you don't like when house, certain housewives hide things, do you? That's when I went, yep, yep. Now I further believe it. Now I have something to stand behind with this. Because before, if I would have said that, I didn't, I purposely, someone asked me on TikTok, like, what are your thoughts on the rumor? Like, what, what do you think about it? And I was like, I drafted an entire video, but I am not going to put that out because people are still going to come and be like, you, you're a tree hugger. You are so loyal to Teresa that you want to accuse Melissa of everything. It's not about that. It's not about that at all. It was that one line from Jen that really struck me because I've been thinking it. I've been really kind of like, but why would they do it? Why would it all happen? But when we find out that Jen had already told her, we find out Jen makes that one little comment. It's like all the puzzle pieces came together for me. It was funny because they were talking to Margaret about her arsenal and I can't remember who was yelling. I want to say it was probably Jen saying something like, you have all the information. It's always given to you. And Melissa goes, she doesn't look for it. It just comes to her. And Margaret's like, it doesn't come for me. Which one of you are being honest right here? I don't, it's just set up that 
we know that Margaret is a shitty person. I, I shouldn't say we know. I feel like Margaret is a shitty person. And I feel like a lot of people know that by now and feel that way. She has the information on everyone. She is that person. So why would it be so hard to think like maybe they did this with the intention of having something to go after them and make them look really bad with? Because their intention was to set them up, in my opinion. Their intention is to set up Jen and Teresa to run with this rumor. And then it looks like the same person they have been explaining that Jen and Teresa are so horrible and Teresa's always talking badly about Melissa. But it didn't happen that way. And so that's why then Melissa is getting pissed off at Teresa because she privately went to Joe. Again, if this were my brother, I would do the same thing. I'm not calling my sister-in-law who has been in our lives for like 15 years. I'm not calling her over and being like, hey, I heard you slept with somebody. I heard you kissed somebody in the back of the car. You better be honest with me or I'm going to tell my brother. No, I'm going to call my brother and be like, hey, you need to talk to me and you need to hear what I'm about to say. But that's why she gets mad at Teresa for that because they their, their plan kind of backfired. It really backfired and it didn't happen until the finale. But I think that production really played a part in that. Um, not that production was involved like with Margaret and Melissa. I think they knew that this secret was happening. It didn't happen on camera like they wanted it. It didn't happen on camera for Margaret and Melissa like they wanted it. So something had to be done here. And that's just my opinion on the whole situation. Nothing really else happened, in my opinion, in the entire episode because I think that there was so much time wasted and spent on Melissa and Teresa screaming at each other that nothing even gets accomplished. I feel really badly for Danielle. I think she just got blindsided. She really was blindsided. And next week, we will have the men. And, you know, here we already know that Frank Catania apparently got new teeth, so he went and got veneers. He can afford new teeth, but he can't afford his own place and move out with David. I don't know why this man is still here and he's in here trying to stir shit up with Joe Gorga about Frankie. And I think that Dolores has already been like that the way he's saying it is not true, but we'll find that out. I'm tired of the men on this show and we're going to have just the wildest stories, I think, coming in part three and that'll be next week. And I will be happy to be over with Jersey for a while. If you've been following me on TikTok for long enough, you know that I like to recap my favorite Bravo television shows or any other reality shows that are happening in the morning while I drink my coffee. And something you may not know about me is that I put a lot of effort into which mugs I use while I spill the tea for you. I feel like it just sets the tone for my day. And one of my favorite places to order mugs from is Babeco. Babeco creates products that empower people to give the finger to societal norms, to be unapologetically themselves, to use their own voice, and maybe even swear a little. Far too often, society tells us who to be, how to look, how to act, what job to have, etc. And they want you to run that over with a car. Be yourself unapologetically and live life on your own terms. Badass, bold, and empowered. At Babeco, can you not only find mugs that will say exactly what you may be thinking to the person sitting across from you that needs to take a breather, but they also have shirts, jewelry, home decor, all of the things to fully express yourself. And if you've ever seen any of my mugs while I'm spilling the tea on TikTok, you may be wondering, where can I get that? So now I have teamed up with Babeco so that we can get you 15% off of anything in their store. 
You will find some of my favorite mugs under the drink section, but also don't hesitate to look at the home decor and jewelry and clothing line. All of the mugs are 16 ounce mugs. So if you like a big pour of coffee each morning, these are for you. And there's also some glasses. I've even snuck in some of the drinkware that I've gotten from Babeco to my grandmother and she's never even noticed. And yet it makes perfect opportunity for us to all giggle. You can click the link below in the show notes or go to wearebabeco.com and use Oops I Gossiped again and get 15% off. And don't forget to tag me in your Instagram stories when you're pouring your coffee into your favorite mug and ready to listen to the tea. Go to wearebabeco and get 15% off with the code Oops I Gossiped again. Vanderpump Rules Reunion Part 3, the big revelation. You don't want to miss the last five minutes. We have been teased with this for weeks. And it all started when the producer, Alex Baskin, said that something came out at the reunion, nobody has seen it, and the cast needs some time before we start doing contracts. What we, myself included, took from that was that something was going to come out that was going to make people not want to film together, that they were not going to sign contracts. So of course, the theories went rampant. I had one last week that I thought that I had nailed. I thought for sure that it was going to come out that Raquel had, they had used an interview and that Raquel had already told production the production was hiding it. I was wrong. I was wrong. The dress was reused for an additional interview. When I made that statement, we all, I thought we were all under the same understanding that There were no interviews done with her because she went MIA, which she said she didn't even come back until like the day before the reunion. So was I completely wrong in saying that she did not do any interviews? No, but she did come back and do another one after the reunion, which is what we did not expect. But there were theories that she was pregnant. There were theories that, you know, she hooked up with Schwartz. There were theories that it had been going on since she was with James. There were theories, which I still do kind of believe that. I think it's been going on a very long time whether or not that they had been having sex, but something had been going on. There were theories that um, the show was going to be moving to Schwartz and Sandy's. All of these things that we were all created in our heads that were like, what would make the cast not want to sign? Other than the fact of not wanting to film with Tom and Raquel. This week on The Hollywood Reporter, Alex went further. He's like, I never said that. I never said they weren't going to sign contracts. I said that we haven't put contracts out because we need a break. We needed to have some time because a revelation was going to come that evolves the timeline at the end in an interview with Raquel that came after the reunion that was going to probably piss people off and we needed to have some time. They usually start filming in June. So essentially they would have picked up cameras right away after the reunion started over again. He's saying, no, I never said that nobody was going to want to sign. I said they needed a break. So of course we're like, okay, this thing is completely out of context. (laughs) This whole thing is completely out of context. It's been exhausting trying to figure out what this one big thing is. And now we know. And in my opinion, I don't think it was a revelation of anything. And one commenter said, it's not a revelation, it's affirmation. And I was like, yes, that's exactly what it is. Because we have known this. We have known this. But how do we get here? We got here through the final reunion where Raquel is finally going to come out and face everybody. And what we still have is Tom Sandoval, who has coached her. Remember last week, 
He's screaming like he is Kendall Roy of being the eldest son that he doesn't want to film, that he wants to have his mic off, that he needs a private conversation with her. He needs that because he can coach her. He can tell her what to say. But now we have Raquel and Tom continuing this narrative throughout the entire episode, the entire sit down of Raquel, she, she doesn't have a word of her own. And I think that Ariana said it as well. Nothing has been from herself. Not once. Everything has been coached from Sandoval. He keeps going. It happened one time. It happened one time. And I don't know where or why he even would remotely try to say that. Because then he goes on, well, we started our relationship in January and Schwartz is like, you said you were in love in January. Again, their timelines don't add up. Because Sandoval is Sandoval's a liar. Sandoval's a liar. That's why. He lies straight through the whole thing. Schwartz was on Jackson Brittany's podcast a couple days ago and said that he fully believes that Tom needs to drop the humility, needs to drop his ego. He His like story, his credibility is obsolete. He has no more ability to do that and apologize. Oddly enough, and please correct me if I'm wrong, I don't have the bandwidth, the mental space to watch all three of these episodes again right now before I say this. I don't believe he ever actually apologized to Ariana through the entire thing. If he did, it was maybe in the very beginning, but I really don't think he did because he absolutely did not at the end of this episode. In the Peacock uncut version, there is a clip of Lisa and Tom in a dressing room and she is coaching him. I think her reputation, quite honestly, has not done well through this reunion because she has continuously taken the side of Tom Sandoval. She did it with Lala. She's doing it now. She has done it the entire time. So they're in this dressing room and she's coaching him and she's like, you have not shown any emotion. I know you've taken a beating, but you need to go in there and be honest and show your real feelings. Be vulnerable, please. She even says, it's just my advice. No, it's not your advice. This is you grooming him, coaching him because she has always done it. And I don't just mean that she's only done it to Sandoval. She really has always done this to everyone. But the way that she does it in a motherly way to the men, but earlier she's telling Lava that she needs to get over what she went through with Randall and not be a bitter, angry woman. That's misogyny. That you should be supporting the women. You should be trying to console. Why is it why are you going in so hard on Lava in that way? But then you sit with him and be like, You just have to show your emotions. You have to go in there and tell them how you feel. And you need to apologize to Ariana. They walk back out on the stage and they start their end cap thing there. And this is when his waterworks get turned on. This is when he's, he can't ever just explain something without saying, but he's like, I've made mistakes. I've made mistakes, but I'm a human, but I have feelings. Not once did he apologize. He never apologized. However, previously, when he made the comment about having sex with Ariana with her t-shirt on, which we'll get to in a second here, in that moment, Schwartz says, oh, don't say that, man. Don't say that. And he kind of bends over and he has his head in his hands. Sandoval puts his arm around Schwartz and he's like, I'm sorry, man. You have not apologized to Ariana for what you did this entire reunion, but you're going to apologize to Schwartz? for the degrading comment you made about the woman that you supposedly were in love with? You're going to apologize to Schwartz for that? 
This is just like in the finale when he doesn't have the complex to understand what he did, but he walks into Schwartz's apartment is crying and hugging him. And he's like, I'm so sorry, man. I'm so sorry, man. LVP also in another unseen piece that was on the Peacock only. Andy's asking Raquel and Lala about the situation with Oliver and the two of the girls are kind of going at it. Why didn't you believe them when you said, when they said that he was still married? Like, why did you, why were you so hell bent to say that he was separated and he wasn't with her? And again, she sticks up for Oliver. She's like, he's worked for me. I adore his mother. I don't know his ex-wife, but he was doing the right thing. He was sending her money. Because he was sending money, that means that he was telling the truth that they weren't together? Why would one woman all of a sudden out him for cheating on her? Because when she did, Oh, it was a lot. There were days. She had screenshots. She these these messages from women that were in his phone. She had screenshots for days because there was a lot. Why if somebody was separated would she go that hard? It doesn't add up. But according to LVP, he's a stand-up guy. He's a stand-up guy. This is a common thing with her. And I feel like this reunion has killed her reputation. I would give anything for Lisa Rinna to unblock me on TikTok. (laughs) Unblock me on TikTok or Lisa Rinna just to get in the chat. I want to know what she thinks about this because I have been an LVP stan forever. I believed it all. I I believed it all. Okay, we'll just leave it at that. All the things I've believed it all. Now I'm like, "Mm, I think your true colors have finally truly come out and it just had to hit us in the face. The t-shirt comment. Andy said on his radio show that there was going to be a comment that was going to piss off every woman in America. And I'm assuming that it's the t-shirt comment. Disgusting? Absolutely. Absolutely. He used it in a way to shame her. She's saying, oh, you were having sex with me while you were having sex with her. So like kind of Ariana is trying to say he was, you thought you were the one being cheated on or you thought I was the one being cheated on, but you were really being cheated on as well. And he's like, oh yeah, we had sex. She didn't take, or she kept her shirt on. Like, yes, it's disgusting, but it's not the lowest of the low that he's ever said. This is his mechanism. If he loses control of a situation, this is how he retaliates. He's got to have that thing. And I, you know, last week's comment about Lala and the IUD when Stassi got pregnant, that was the same kind of situation. When he loses control, when his narrative, his story, his script is not panning out the way he wanted to, he goes for those low blows. And we've talked about it before. You want to know why? Because it causes a reaction. Because that's what he's looking for. That is his cycle. The I'm, I'm, I'm so emotional. I'm this. You know, I, I have needs. Then it's a low blow. It's a dark comment. It's a, an attack. And if he gets a reaction out of it, he's happy. If he doesn't, then he's going to cycle back to the other side. He has been shaming women forever. He has done this to women for the entire series. It was not the most disgusting thing he's ever said, but it was pretty fucking appalling, if you ask me. And it's a good thing that he gave Schwartz a hug and apologized to Schwartz because I could see Schwartz was really eaten up over that comment. Really eaten up over that comment. There's not a whole lot that I even have to say about the things that Raquel said because None of them were her true thoughts. They were all coachable things that she has said from Tom. 
Tom made a comment that he said, when I have, I have a friend and we're single, we hook up, have sex and go back to being good friends. And I was like, when, when, when was this? Because in 10 years, we haven't seen him single. So when was he single? When was he hooking up with this good friend? And he was like, I'm not going to name names for their, you know, their sake, but so who is it? Who is it that you're hooking up with? And when in your mind did you believe that you were single and you could just hook up and then you go back to being good friends? Let's circle back. Is it Billy Lee? It's always been a discussion. It's always been a question. Ariana doesn't think so, but it's been a question to me. We could go on forever with a full recap here of the most atrocious things about this reunion. And honestly, if you go back and watch all three, I want, I'm going to challenge you and make sure you have a sober driver. But if you are a drinker, if you drink alcohol, take a drink every time Tom Sandoval says like, because you'll be hammered. You will be hammered by the end of episode one. When he gets backed into a corner, he has to start stuttering and trying to remember what the story is because he he's, he's losing sight of what his stories have been. He's losing sight of what he has told her to say. There was a moment where Raquel bent over and it looked as though she was fixing her shoe but she was really trying to make eye contact with him because she was getting asked by Lisa Vanderpump and Andy in that sent in that moment, why if you two had already hooked up, why were you going after Schwartz? And she gets uncomfortable. She doesn't have an answer of her own. She knows she's not allowed to answer for herself. She is bent over pretending as though she is fixing her shoe, but she's trying to make eye contact with him because every time she starts to stumble upon her words or she starts to get lost in something, he cuts in. He cuts her off and he answers for her. She can't answer for herself. She's looking to him. She's bent over trying to fix her shoe. She's looking to make eye contact with him, to give him a signal. This is why Ariana said, no, you two are not going to sit together because this is exactly why. He then can take over or he can give her a signal of something. They can signal one another. Why would they be allowed to sit there, hold hands, and be able to squeeze each other's hand when they know that they, they need backup in some way, shape, or form? She wasn't fixing her shoe. She was trying to signal to him, I can't do this. I have to get out of here. Then at one point, she actually does because she loses it. She's getting berated, and she doesn't have a way to respond because she doesn't have a thought of her own anymore. She has to get up and leave. There were photos that were caught of her. Remember when, you know, TMZ found her? I, I use found loosely because they were both calling back grid all the time. When she was seen leaving Tom's house when Ariana was away for a weekend and, you know, Bay, she had that Bay's Weekender bag, which she had taken with her to the reunion and she had everything packed up. I love that they highlighted that on the camera because after those photos came out, Bay's actually had posted just the most perfect marketing of that with the bag. And then they gave Ariana sponsorship <laughs> and sent her everything. So they're obviously team Ariana. I thought it was just funny that they like zoomed in on the bag, but those photos that were found of her with the bag, that was the day that she was seen leaving Tom's and she had allegedly, according to Tom, just stopped by, but it, you know, she's there with a weekender bag. So she could have just stopped by on her way to the interview, but it looked as though she was leaving after spending the night. I'd be interested to see what their relationship is like now after she went and did that second interview. This came 
uh, like a week after the reunion. So I think that she had some time to get some more support from her family, maybe a therapist. You need to stop lying. You are going to look like an absolute idiot on this camera because you didn't have a single thought for yourself. You didn't really take responsibility. You are only doing what he tells you to do. I think someone told her that she had to go back and do another interview and blow his whole story out of the water, which is essentially what she did. Not that it was revealing anything, not that it was telling us something we didn't know, but it was more or less just to say everything he said on that reunion was a lie, which we knew. He kept sticking to this story that they had sex one time. And he kept saying one time, one time. And it never made sense. How would you have had sex one time, but then you were in a full-blown relationship in January and in love? Something has happened in the middle there. No one ever believed it was one time. So Raquel comes back. So whatever it was that day when she left his house, then went and did this interview, what did they discuss at that point? Was that their breakup point? Was that when they were done? Is that when she decided, I'm done with you? Did she tell him that day that she was going to go and tell all these truths? Who knows? I'd love to be a fly on the wall. But she goes back for another interview. And here is where the truth finally comes out. She makes these bold statements that she's so tired of lying. She's finally now going to cry a little bit. She's going to have some sort of emotion that again, coaching coming from after the reunion, she knows she looked bad. She needed to make up for it. So why not come and, and spread the truth, which fine. I commend you for stepping out of the reins of Tom Sandoval and really opening up the manipulation because she says multiple times, he's going to be so mad at me. He didn't want me to say this. He didn't want me to tell the truth. He said we had to lie. She is corroborating all the feelings that we are already getting, that he is manipulating her. Not only do we find out that they were progressively hooking up, she said it picked up speed after filming stopped. But it also was going on the entire weekend of Sheena's wedding. I didn't think that this was this huge revelation. I thought that everybody kind of assumed that, to be honest. Uh, we've known that there was a three-hour period at Sheena's wedding of the day of the wedding where she was nowhere to be found. All the bridesmaids were getting together. Raquel was missing. She was MIA. Nothing was ever mentioned about it on the show. It was never brought up. It was like it never even happened. She also had told a friend that one of the other, I believe it was another bridesmaid, they had got a room together. They paid for a room together. She told this person that production wouldn't let her stay with Raquel because they needed to film. And if she wasn't going to be filming, then she had to get a different room. No, no, no. She needed that because she needed a room that they could go to hook up in. They needed the open room. She says that he he was out there in the hallway looking for his room one night and she just happened to hear him. No, that's not how it went. I mean, you can tell half-truths and try to make it okay, but you knew he was in your room. He may have been drunk, but he was going to your room. Maybe he was lost. Maybe he was talking to somebody, but he was looking for your room. He wasn't looking for his room. The producer at one point was like, yeah, I can tell you're lying because your face changes. I mean, she starts smiling. That's pageant girl. They're going to believe you if you just put a smile on. We can do anything with a smile. So she starts smiling and every time they're asking questions, the one that he's like, did you hook up in the house? And she says, no. And she's smiling. And he's like, your face changed. Like, why are you telling us all this stuff now? Why wouldn't you just tell us this one more thing? And that's when she drops the bomb that they did in fact hook up in the house the weekend when 
Ariana was away for her grandma's funeral. Again, more of an affirmation rather than letting the truth out because I think we all truly believed that, but at least, you know, you're getting some confirmation of it in a way for all the people that were egregiously accusing Ariana of hiding a threesome with the three of them, with her and Tom and Raquel, all of the people I'm judging you on social media that went after Ariana and said they absolutely did. And it went bad because even Tom tells, because Raquel is the one saying we could all be together. I love you both. We could all be together. And Tom saying she would never be into that. Obviously, she also claims that she has never, she cannot recall that she was ever in St. Louis, aside from the photos of her and Tom in St. Louis at Christmas time. But they also never went to see his family in St. Louis or at Christmas time. So you're not telling, you're trying to claim you're telling the truth, but you're still really not telling the truth. I honestly hope for this girl's sake that she has been getting the help that she needs. Because she does not know who she is. She has nothing. It is this pageant life that has consumed her in such a heavy way. This is why she does cry over the pageant. She lost something that was her entire identity. She lost that. She doesn't know who she is. She's now trying to allow... She's now with a man who is her identity, who puts his identity onto her because she doesn't know who she is. She doesn't have a thought for herself. She doesn't have an emotion for herself, which is the exact reason that this affair happened in the first place. A person that has a friendship and an identity and relationships that are meaningful and not just surface level would never do that to their best friend. It has to be a person that does not know who they are, does not know where they're going in life, has no moral compass to what a person should and should not do. I hope she's getting the help that she needs. I really do. And I also hope that at some point we will get some sort of tell-all, whether it is a sit-down, a full sit-down with Andy or a a podcast episode somewhere and not on Howie Mandel. (laughs) Let's put that not on Howie Mandel. I would love once she is a little bit more stable and removed from this, that not not now, not when it's hot, like let us simmer a little bit and then come back. Once you have kind of collected yourself a little bit more, do a pod. I would listen. I would listen to everything. Maybe when she has a little bit more awareness of who she is and how she wants to say it and how she can explain herself and accept that there's there was something really going on there and what it doesn't include Tom Sandoval. It can't include Tom Sandoval. And I know we said the Vanderpump is over, but they did tell us that we are going to get a special episode next week, Secrets Revealed. And I almost fell off my best friend's couch when I saw that. So we do have one more episode. I don't know really if it's going to pertain to any of this or it's just going to be things collected behind the scenes like unseen footage from the entire season. I don't really think that they would air anything that would show that they had them on camera because then they're kind of, you know, taking themselves out and saying, well, yeah, we did know and we didn't say anything. Overall, that is the end of the season. I have to say I'm kind of happy. (laughs) I was tired. I was exhausted. I don't think it's going to be the end of what we hear. I think one of my favorite things to come out of this is Ariana getting a partnership with Duracell. I saw that last night. That came up and that comes after 
Sandoval saying that he's he's the reason that there's toilet paper and pens and batteries in the house. Ariana immediately sent her merch team to create a t-shirt that says fuck me in this t-shirt and it is for the sandwich shop. It is like spreading a sandwich in half. I thought that was golden. Everything is really an opportunity for them to thrive. If there are people that are pissed off about them monetizing in in this, people are going to cope in their own way. If your friend who is the one at the heat of it, the head of it, is not upset about it, then make your money. Make your money. I mean, here we are all talking about it. We're all getting something out of it. So I think that now hopefully we can kind of calm down a little bit and focus on really important things like... Real Housewives of Orange County. (laughs) That was sarcasm, by the way. But just overall, take a breather and take a break. Just like the cast needed a little bit of time, we'll take a breather. That's all I have for you in today's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that you take a wonderful, relaxing weekend and decompress from all that is Scandaval. If you like the show, please do not forget to leave me a rate and a review, and I will see you in the next episode. Bye.